0: Okay, let's get this web conference underway. We'll start with a karakia. Unahe te to te pouwhere marama. Tamakia te ao te aowhatutangata. Tātai kirunga tātai ki raro, tātai ahurao. hui tai. Kia ora tato, mai, and welcome to the Flood's online field trip. Ko shalitaku taku ingue, your lens kai arahi on this field trip. And we're lucky enough to be connecting from all over the Mutu today. We've got Lisa from the Met Service based in Wellington. And Alice from NEMA, the National Emergency Management Agency, also from Wellington, joining us. And we've got Barry facilitating this session in the Loon's office in Autotahi Christchurch. And I'm speaking to you from Utaputti Danin um, on a rather cold winter's morning, but Luckily, it's not raining, so we don't have to deal with any imminent flooding emergencies. But that is the topic for our web conference this morning, preparing for our number one hazard, floods. So we'll have um, a chance now for everybody to introduce themselves. So we'll start with Alice from NEMA. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and your work, please?
1: Kia ora kaita, call Alice Evans in life. Um, Hi, my name is Alice, and I am a Hazard Risk Management Advisor at the National Emergency Management Agency. Um, Our team's role is basically to help integrate science into uh, planning for emergencies. Um, So we do an array of different things, and we work across all the different hazards, but obviously flooding being our number one hazard, we do quite a lot in the flood space. Um, Yeah, it's a really interesting space to be in. I love science, but I also love... um, Helping people and um, supporting communities and supporting our local civil defence groups to do that is um, a really great job. So, yeah, thank you for having
2: me.
0: Kia ora. thanks, Alice and Lisa.
2: Kia ora, Ko Lisa Maria Ho. Um, my job at, is at Met Service, our National Weather Service, and I um, lead the team that do all the communication about the weather. So letting you know about when severe weather is coming, you know, uh, those heavy downpours that cause the flooding, uh, thunderstorms, big broad scale events. And I got into doing the uh, sort of communication side of that because I realized there was a gap between the science and, and the general public. So I was trying to talk about the weather in ways people understand um and i got into that because i was always wondering like how stuff works you know uh why are the clouds the shape they are or you know why is the wind stronger uh up higher in the clouds than it is down here and, and questions like that so that's i w- started doing meteorology to do that um and really love my job and it's a great chance uh, thank you for letting me talk to you today Good stuff. And yeah, I'm, I'm
0: really interested in the weather as well. And I think a lot of people are. There's always a lot of talk about the weather and it directly relates to our topic of floods, of course, and helps us to better understand when we might get flooding um, and the severity of it. So thank you very much to Lisa and Alice for joining us this morning. Um, we have some questions on behalf of students that couldn't join us today. Um, so we'll get started. Uh, the first question What are the best ways of finding information when there is extreme rainfall and you wonder if you are at risk of flooding? I think, Lisa, this is a good question for you.
2: Well, I can certainly start. I'm sure Alice could add to it as well. Well, first of all, knowing if rain is coming and severe weather is coming. So, Met Service will issue uh, severe weather watches and warnings when there's any sort of heavy rain around. So, a watch is when uh, they're sort of giving you a heads up, there could be some heavy rain, you know, keep an eye on the weather forecast. Um, A warning, an orange warning, is when we get 100 millimeters of rain in just 24 hours. So, we're going to start seeing some surface flooding there, you know. uh, uh, rivers and streams will rise rapidly if you got that amount of rain. And then we also have red warnings. Now, these are for the really, really big events. These are where we'll probably see a state of emergency declared. We'll see rivers burst their banks, you know, homes flooding, uh, you know, paddocks flooding so that we have to look after livestock. So they're the three main warnings that you can get. And we also do thunderstorm warnings. And people think they're included in uh, those other ones, but they're not because thunderstorms are really tricky to forecast. So we can forecast that all the ingredients are there, like the atmosphere is, we call it unstable because there's warm air at the bottom and cold at the top and they want to be like this. So there's all this movement. But uh, when we get thunderstorms, where they pop up is like choosing the kernel of popcorn in the pot that'll pop. You know, it's really hard. But we do put out warnings for them, and they should be considered red warnings when they come out. They will only sometimes get half an hour warning for those. And when they come, it's a good idea to get inside pretty quickly.
0: Excellent. Thank you. And remember, you can watch the videos from the field trip to learn more about this sort of thing. We did a a really cool little video at the Met Service in Wellington, and we even got to be in front of the green screen, which makes us look like we're the pro weather forecasters. That was great fun. Um, And we talked a bit more about weather warnings.
2: And also, one of the things you can do if you want to be a weather person is on uh, the Met Service website, we have a thing called Radar, and Radar actually tracks the rain as it's coming in over the country. And you can see where it's light rain, and you can see where it's really heavy rain. So you can follow that as it's happening. Every seven and a half minutes, it gets updated, and you can see it coming in over the country or over where you are.
0: Yeah I definitely use that I find it quite helpful I'm thinking okay so I want to go out for a a big mountain bike ride for two or three hours or something is it going to rain on me and then I try and track the radar and it's like oh is it coming towards me is it going away it's very helpful I like to pretend to be a weather forecaster it's a good tool
2: it's a good tool
0: and Alice have you got anything
1: to add there? Um, Yeah, well, Lisa explained MetService's role really well, and obviously MetService is the best place to go to for um, any information about severe weather or whether you're at risk. Um, But sometimes, like Lisa said, it's it's quite a short time period before um, when we can issue a warning. Um, And they can be a bit scary, and sometimes um, people on the ground might see something um, before you actually get a warning through. Um, so we encourage people, if you don't feel safe and you want to evacuate, to go, don't wait for an official warning. If you need to get to higher ground, then you move. Um, but our local civil defence groups and, and NEMA, um, the national agency, we work closely with Met Service. Um, we work closely with people on the ground to ensure that if anybody is unsafe or if there's severe weather coming, that we can get people out pretty quickly by issue, issuing an evacuation order. Um, so it's really important to follow the Civil Defence social media. Um, we, if there's evacuations, we'll, or if evacuations are required, we might issue an, an emergency mobile alert, um, and that will come through to a mobile phone. So it's good to have your phone charged up so that it can come through to you. Um, if you happen to not have a phone or you can't charge your phone, um, a car radio or a radio in your house or a television, um, any of those sort of channels that you can get to will provide you with information you need um, if you're at risk. But if you do see something and you don't feel safe, um, you're the best person to judge whether it's the right time for you to go or not um, if you haven't had a warning. But yeah, uh, our civil defense are really good at issuing evacuations um, when we need them. Mm.
0: Yeah, good good advice there. And important for us to remember that you know if we're on the ground in a particular area we need to respond to what's happening in that area and not wait for experts to tell us so because as good as our technology and communications are they're not everywhere all the time so we've got to use our common sense thanks alice and question number two what should you say first if your home is getting flooded alice
1: Well this is a tricky one. Um, I've been thinking about this a bit. So um, there's a difference between if you think your home might flood and if your home is actually flooding. Um, So if your home is actually flooding um, it's really hard to think I should just leave and leave all my things behind leave all the things that I care about um, all those material things and expensive things but at the end of the day things are replaceable and people's lives are not. Um, So Get your children, your uh, people you care about, your mums and dads. Um, The people are the most important thing at the end of the day to save. So um, leave everything else behind. If your house is flooding, get out. But if you have a little more time and you're just worried about whether your house might flood but there's nothing actually happening, then you might have a little bit more time to move um, your valuable things to higher ground. You can put them into watertight containers. Um, You could seal uh, windows and doors to try and protect your things. before you might be asked to evacuate. Um, But yeah, the most important thing is to get yourself out, to get your pets out, and to take that pre-prepared grab bag. Um, Yeah, that's why preparation is so important.
0: Yeah, and hopefully that preparation makes things easier so that you don't have to make those tough decisions on the spot and you're all prepared anyway. And if you live in a flood zone, um, thinking about where things can be just in the day-to-day so that they don't get damaged.
1: Exactly.
0: Okay, number three, where should you go if your home is getting flooded? Yes, I'll kick this one off.
1: Um, So uh, this one kind of links up with the first question about finding information. Um, So if you haven't had an official warning but you are seeing water rising and you feel that you need to get out because it's unsafe, then just moving to any higher ground nearby preferably on foot, but um, because we know that it's dangerous to drive through flood waters. Um, so just a higher ground nearby um, is the best place to go. But if you have been issued an official evacuation order, your local civil defence will tell you um, A, that you need to evacuate, but B, where you should evacuate to. Um, so that's the most important information you can get and that um, is super useful because of the place that you might be asked to evacuate to. Uh, that might have some extra things that you might need if you're evacuated for a long period of time. Um, whereas if you just go somewhere random, there might not be anything for you that will help you sort of stay warm or feed you or um, yeah, look after you. So the best place to go is where your local civil defence will tell you.
0: Excellent. And Lisa, in terms of judging weather, Um, an area is going to get really heavy rainfall and you might not want to go there, for example, if you're out in the outdoors and tramping or something like that. Um, What kind of rainfall levels should we be aware of that are, you know, getting up there in terms of severity? You you talked about that 100 millimetres before. Is there any other ideas that you've got around that that could help us out?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, well, a lot of people, you know, check out the uh, Met Service website or the MetService Service app before they go on these, uh, you know, go on the out- to the outdoors. And one of the things they look at is even sort of hour by hour totals of rainfall. You know, that's just model data. It's always good to listen to the worded forecast because that's written by the meteorologist. But if you go through and even look at that. And if you see anything that's looking like uh, anything from about 6.5 millimeters in an hour. So that's not a lot, right? We've talked about 100 millimeters. 6.5 millimeters is the definition where it changes from rain to heavy rain in the forecast room, right? Um, So if you're getting 14 millimeters in an hour or, you know, 15 millimeters in an hour, Recently uh, here in in Pororua, we had a really heavy downpour. We had 24 millimeters in an hour and we had flooding on our street because with all the leaves and and branches around, they blocked up the drains. So it's really good to, if you know rain is coming, make sure all the drains are clear um, so that the, the rainwater can go into it. So, uh, yeah, that those kind of things, you know, it could be quite heavy. And then if you're going to be outdoors over a period of time, it's always good. Yes, definitely check the warnings. There's mountain forecasts if you're going up into the mountains as well. And, you know, letting someone know where you're going to. But if there's any risk of sort of heavy rain, one of the things in New Zealand that we do get, especially with thunderstorms, and where they can give really localized downpours is the rivers and streams can rise really rapidly. So if you're going out tramping and you're crossing rivers or streams, that's something to consider because it may not be safe if it rains to come back across them so you could get stuck up there. So all these things are really important in planning because when we go out, we want to enjoy ourselves and uh, have a good time. Excellent, thanks, Lisa.
0: And question number four. I think we're up to number four. What should you take with you if you have to leave your home because of a flood? Me? (laughs)
1: Um, So that is basically everything you need and nothing more. If you're asked to evacuate, we want you to get out as quickly as possible. Um, So your family, anybody living in the household, and that includes your pets. So pets are something that we talk about quite a bit. Um, We know we love our cats and our dogs and our hamsters and rabbits and everything else we have. Um, And that can cause a bit of a problem if people don't have their pets on them. We know that they go missing sometimes if they're not in the house at the time. And then we have to get out. And then people think about their pets once they've evacuated and they want to come back in. Our emergency services have to go looking for them, but they're trying to protect people as well. So it's really important if we can evacuate with our pets to do that nice and quickly. Um, The other thing that we want to do is try and get them into a room early. Um, If we can confine them to the room and we know that there's bad weather coming, then that means that when we're asked to evacuate, our pets already with us. Um, We don't have to go looking for them and we won't be wasting time when we might be in danger. Um, So that's pets. And then the other thing, of course, is our grab bag. Um, so if we're prepared and we've got a grab bag, which hopefully we all do, um, then we can just grab that, have it by the door, grab it and get out nice and quickly. And that can have um, all your life essentials, things that you need that you can carry with you because hopefully you're walking when you evacuate. Um, and it can also have other little valuable things that you might need if um, things in your home get damaged. That might be important documents or family photos, um, small things that you can take with you that are important to you.
0: Yeah, and having those emergency supplies all all sorted and, and ready to go. It doesn't have to be a flash bag that you buy. It might be something you've just created yourself or a corner of your, your pantry that you've got sorted so that you know that there's non-perishable food that's going to keep that you can grab at the last moment. Good stuff. Thanks, Alice. And question number five, should you do, and I think different if you're away from home, say on holiday or at a different location. Um that may be
2: at risk of flooding. I could start this one Alice in that, that know, it, it's really good to um so what we do at Met Services, we're trying to give you a heads up about the the rainfall ahead of time. So it's really good if you're going on holidays, check the weather for that region, and you know you can also set your app to get uh, the warnings for that region and that kind of thing. So you're educating yourself about the type of weather there is there ahead of time. So that's really useful. And um, so it's a bit of pre planning. But then if you are away, I will hand this over to Alice, and she can take over from there.
1: Yeah, so if you are away, um, it's a tricky one because we know that when we go away on holiday it's possibly not the first thing that we're thinking about. We're not thinking about um, what emergency items we might need to bring with us because we're just thinking about going and having a good time and having fun. Um, But just because you're away somewhere else for a short time it doesn't mean that um, an emergency will not happen while you're away. Um, It's amazing the stories we hear about people who go away for one or two nights. And then um, an event hits when they're in a location that they're not that familiar with. And that can be much scarier than being somewhere that you are familiar with. Um, So it's really good if you can take your grab bag with you. It's good if you have a grab bag in your car because then you automatically have it on you wherever you're driving or um, going away. If you can put a little grab bag in your suitcase if you're flying. Um, But the safety procedures are the same effectively if you feel unsafe to evacuate um, but follow the instructions of the local civil defence group. So if you're in a different region, say so you live in Wellington, but you're flying up to Auckland, then the group you want to listen to is the Auckland Civil Defence Group. Um, and also just the National Civil Defence website can um, give you national information as well, which is really awesome. Um, but yeah, the, the the safety protocols are essentially the same. You need your grab bag if you're going to evacuate. You want to make sure everyone in your household, your, your friends and family and whānau are safe. Um, and if you have any pets with you, to take them as well.
0: Yeah, really good advice. And I think thinking about, you know, those practical things that we just need um, normally, like shoes that we can walk in (laughs) rather than, oh, we're going somewhere flash for the weekend. We don't need these practical things. Well, perhaps we, we do need to keep those things in mind, even when we're away for something that we think may not require it. Excellent answers. Thank you very much to Lisa and Alice for your answers this morning. It's been a pleasure talking to you and getting all your, your great knowledge. So thanks for joining us. Um, and remember, you can watch the videos that go with this field trip to learn a little bit more. But thanks again. And I hope you've enjoyed this session and can join us on another field trip soon. namahi nui. And that brings our Learns web conference to an end. Thank you. Thank you yeah. right. Thanks.